What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. All right, guys, welcome in to another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we're going to be going over the New York Giants. Definitely a pain in my butt to project. We have a mess, a absolute mess of a wide receiver room, but we're going to get into it, into the down and dirty for sure. First, we got to start with the personnel changes. They, and might as well start with the wide receivers, right? They signed wide receiver Kenny Galladay. All right, I respect that. Trying to give some weapons to Daniel Jones He's getting into his third year. You need to figure out if he's the franchise quarterback. <clears throat> he's not. Um, and so they added Kenny Galladay. Then they drafted in the first round my dude, Kadarius Tony, one of my favorite players. Not saying he was like my favorite wide receiver in terms of my number one wide receiver, but he was one of my favorite wide receivers, possibly my favorite overall player in the draft just because of the way his play style is, the demeanor and fight that he has just He's just, I love the guy. I really love the guy. And when he was drafted here, I was pretty pretty disappointed to say the least. They also signed tight end Kyle Rudolph. But this is why I think it's slightly important. Now, maybe not, it's not a huge deal, but they signed him to a two-year, $12 million deal. The money suggests that he might possibly be a nuisance for Evan Ingram. Because $12 million, you don't, you're not just throwing that around. They also drafted linebacker Aziz Ojulari in the second round. I think that was a nice pick. The rest of the picks, I don't think are going to have a huge impact. They signed cornerback Adoree Jackson from the Titans on a, I believe, three-year, $39 million, so 13 per. And with that said, that's pretty much the big, the big changes. They also got Saquon coming back from injury. He's healthy, good to go. Looks like it, at least in the videos that he's been posting. So those are all the personnel changes. Now let's look at some rankings per PFF. And finally, I found the PFF linebacking or linebacker article. So we'll start there. The Giants have the 15th ranked linebacker core, the 7th ranked secondary, the 18th ranked D-line. So they're just barely above average ranked defensively. But get this, and this is the problem, 32nd ranked offensive line. There it is. That is... That is the big problem with this team. That and the fact I don't personally believe in Daniel Jones as a he'll be fine for fantasy, but as a franchise quarterback and somebody who can actually win you games consistently and take you into the playoffs and stuff. But the biggest problem right now is that offensive line. Because you're not even going to get a completely fair evaluation of Daniel Jones until that is fixed. So with that said, let's get into the trends and history, some things I noticed. Last year, they passed the ball 56% of the time. They were without Saquon Barkley for 14 games. So automatically you may be, hey, Saquon Barkley's coming back. They're going to pass a little bit less. They got their stud running back, one of the best running backs, most talented dudes in the game. They're probably going to run a little bit more. But after you consider that, you must consider the fact that they brought two new wide receivers into this offense. They didn't lose any significant wide receivers. Yeah, they lost Golden Tate. Big deal. Uh, he was he's like 45 years old um he's not really I'm just making jokes but you only have one year 
of track record to look at with this coaching staff. So we had Barkley out for 14 games. We've got two new wide receivers. Now Barkley is back, and we've only got one year of track record with this coaching staff. And and Daniel Jones missed time as well last year. That is part of the reason why this is such a tough projection for me. The wide receiver additions, the horrible offensive line, Daniel Jones turnover problem, all of those things make me think they're going to have to pass a lot. They're probably actually, even though Barkley's back healthy, they're probably going to pass a little bit more than last year because the receiving core is way better, so they're going to be way more tempted to. Daniel Jones was very good with the deep ball, and they added Kenny Galladay, who, along with Darius Slayton, is going to give him some two nice deep ball wide receivers. So I'm going to go with a 57% pass rate, up from 56 last year. That's the ratio I'm going with, 43% for the run. Their total plays should most definitely rise with a better offense. They should be able to stay on the field more. Last year, they had a pretty bad 57 plays per game. I'm going to give them 61.5 plays per game. So that's going to be 1,045 total plays. That puts them at 595 passes, 450 runs. So now we can talk about Daniel Jones. I know a lot of people look at Daniel Jones as he's going to go off. I know I just made a little side bet, not for money, but a little side bet with somebody on Twitter and the DMs. They're telling me, hey, uh, Daniel Jones looks like you like him because obviously I always post my projections before I record the podcast. You guys have probably picked up on that, on that by now, but I posted my Daniel Jones projections and he was like, oh, you're in on him? I'm like, ah, not really. He's more of a middling quarterback too. He's like, oh man, he's going to go off. So we made like a little side bet um, and I told him I'd give him a shout out <laughs> if Daniel Jones ends up having a great year because I, I still don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be good for fantasy, but not anything crazy. So first, let's talk about how much he runs the ball, because he does run it a bit. He averages 415 rushing yards and two touchdowns per 16 games so far through his career. I'm projecting 53 runs, 350 yards, and one touchdown. A little bit less in the rushing category, because he's got so many weapons to work with. He's got Barkley. He's got all these receivers more likely to throw, so I don't see him feeling the need to use his legs just as much. And yes, yes, the offensive line is horrible. And you might be thinking, okay, he's going to have to run for his life. But it's been horrible. It has been horrible the entire time that he's been there. So I don't think that that's going to change anything in terms of giving him more rushing yards, right? Now, with that said, let's talk about uh, dynasty, fantasy football in the dynasty sense for a second. Daniel Jones, I think, would be a good sell, especially if he starts doing well this year, because I really do not see him being a successful NFL quarterback or having a long tenured career he's not the Giants future however this year if you're in win now maybe he's somebody you're trading for right not every player is a sell or a buy sometimes a player is a sell and buy at the same time depending on the state of your team if you're trying to win right now Daniel Jones might be a buy for you if you're trying to rebuild and this year is not your year he's a sell for you so he's one of those players that can go either direction and I think he will be much more efficient in terms of completion rate, yards per completion, touchdown percentage, all of that stuff this year, because as we've talked about so much already, the weapons increase. I do expect lots of turnovers still. Great weapons don't prevent turning the ball over, just ask Jameis Winston. And with that said, I think I'm going to go ahead and get into the actual projection. So remember, we've got Kadarius Toney. He's going to do damage out of the slot after the catch, right? Kenny Galladay, he's a better Darius Slayton, and they still have Darius Slayton. Saquon Barkley's back. 
Last year, in 2020, Daniel Jones averaged a 62.5 completion percentage. I'm rising that to 63. You may say that's not really a big a big bump, Brandon. You could give him more than that. Well, I'm not, and I'll explain why. 2.5% touchdown rate. I'm bumping that a lot. I'm doubling it almost to 4.8 touchdown rate. And then com- uh, yards per completion, excuse me, 10.5 yards per Per completion last year, I'm bumping that to 11.4. That is why I'm not bumping his completion percentage too much because I'm significantly increasing his yards per completion. And the higher your yards per completion, the lower your completion percentage is. So his yards, uh, his yards per attempt is actually pretty mu- pretty high compared to last year. So overall, good increases there. I think he'll have a pretty decent season. Saquon Barkley, let's get into it. This is somebody. This is the reason I projected the team. I have been pushing off the Giants for such a long time, but I have to know within myself where I have Saquon Barkley ranked for this year. I needed to figure out where my process was going to put him. So we'll start with Saquon Barkley. Over his career, his entire career, healthy games, he's averaged 16 and a half runs per game. That may be less than you would have thought. It was less than what I thought because I always looked at Saquon as when he was healthy, he was the absolute workhorse, which he was. But I was expecting like 18 carries a game, 19 carries a game, you know, in that like Ezekiel Elliott, old prime Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry. Well, not Derrick Henry. He's like 24, 25. But I was expecting that type of range. It was actually a lot lower. So not only was it lower than I expected, but now we have this offseason, the coaching staff talking about decreasing his workload to keep him fresh, to keep him healthy. Now, I've seen this. I've seen this rodeo before. They, they've done this with Dalvin Cook. Like I've, I've seen this at many different team locations, right? Oh, our, our stud is getting hurt. We're going to decrease the workload, keep him healthy. It's coach speak to a degree. So I'm not going to carry it with a whole bunch of weight in my mind, but it is something to think about, all right? So this team, after you take out the Daniel Jones carries and then split that up into 17 games, there is about 23 carries per game to go to the running back position, right? If Barkley got around 16 or 17 carries, that would be a 70% running back carry share. And that's where I'm going. I'm going right at 69%. So that puts him at 16 carries per game, just barely under his career average of 16.5. So I'm not buying into the coach speak too much. But if you want to say me buying in is half a carry, then you could go ahead and do that. I got him at 273 carries overall. Despite a very crappy situation through his whole career, he's averaged 4.8 yards per carry, and it's because he's super explosive and he could do so much on his own. I'm going to keep that the same. It could be better. Definitely, it could be better if Daniel Jones clicks well with the new wide receivers, and then all of a sudden, the Giants don't have a horrible passing game, and defenses have to account for that more than Saquon Barkley. So it's possibly averages in the fives, absolutely, but I'm going to just project 4.8, his career average so far. He's still behind the worst offensive line in football. So with that said, what does his touchdown count for me? I'm going with nine on the ground. We'll talk about how much in the receiving game later, but I'm going nine rushing touchdowns on the ground. His target share is the most difficult thing to figure out. He had 121 targets his rookie season. That was 21% of the target share. Then year two, which is Daniel Jones' rookie year, he only had 89 or he paced for 89 because he missed a couple games. He paced for 89. That was a 14% target share. That's a huge drop-off. Last year basically is non-existent. I'm not going to look at last year at all. 
because he only played two games and it was really like a game and a quarter. So we have to guess how he's going to be used amidst all of these new studs, right? 18% target share so far in his career if you combine those first two years. I think that's going to go down. You've got, for three reasons, you've got more wide receiver weapons. Your most recent year in 2019 was 14.5% of the targets. And they're talking about reducing his workload. Those are the three reasons right there I think his target share is going to go down. 14% is where I lie. So just under what he had his rookie year with Daniel Jones. That said, he should still be in for a absolutely great season if healthy. And I've got him for four receiving touchdowns. Now let's get into the receivers. We're going to start with the one that's clearly wide receiver one. That's Kenny Galladay. In terms of maybe not targets, because maybe they use him like as a downfield guy. But for fantasy points, absolutely. And I actually do think he'll, he'll lead in targets as well. But for fantasy, absolutely the wide receiver one, Kenny Galladay. He is a better Darius Slayton. I've said it already. Kadarius Tony is going to be in the slot. And this is just an overall overview of the receivers, right? Kenny Galladay is on the outside. Kadarius is absolutely starting inside the slot because Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard were both on the outside. Neither of them went in the slot much. That was all Golden Tate. So one of those... Two is going to be the second outside wide receiver. I don't know if it's Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard. I'm probably going to give both of them a similar target share until I hear more detailed reports or see, you know, in the big, in like the dress rehearsal preseason game, who they end up starting along with Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. And they might not even start Kadarius Tony in the dress rehearsal in the slot. They might just roll out Slayton or Shepard in the slot, probably Shepard. But that would just be because, hey, Kadarius is a rookie and you have to earn it, blah, 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 nonsense. So with that said, Kenny Galladay, he's probably going to be in the 20% target range. He's not a target hog type wide receiver. He's not going to get 140, 150, 160 receptions. That's just not the type of guy he is or even targets. He probably is going to struggle to be anywhere near as good as he was with Stafford in terms of efficiency. It's probably going to be his worst year efficiency-wise. Daniel Jones, he's got a good deep ball, but that's not the only thing Kenny Galladay does. And Stafford's got a good deep ball too. Expect a low catch rate, but still a high yards per target for Kenny Galladay. He should lead the team in receiving touchdowns, so we'll see where that lands him in a little bit. Let's move over to Darius Toney. I absolutely love this guy pre-draft. I absolutely hated his landing spot. I do not trust this coaching staff to develop him at all. He's got a bad future quarterback situation. I don't trust Gettleman to build a team or to find a legit quarterback. All of that said, he should start and he can still do work after the catch. So I think he's going to be the wide receiver two for the team. It's mainly because he's the one I'm confident in as being a starter. I don't know yet who's going to be on the outside between Shepard and Slayton. Now, let's say Slayton is like clearly the second outside guy. Maybe I think he'll be a little bit better than Kadarius. Maybe not. But since there's no clarity on that situation right now, Kadarius is my clear wide receiver two for the team. The wide receiver moves suggests that they weren't happy with the crew they had and that's a big contributing factor if they believed Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard were good why would they add Kenny Galladay and Kadarius yes I know you're probably saying they're just trying to give Daniel Jones weapons I, I agree and I think that's a smart move but two big names in the same offseason is a bit much if that's the only reason so I have to think that they were also not completely satisfied with those wide receivers they had beforehand so I'm projecting a 14% target share for Kadarius Tony. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are both going to be around 12% for me. I've got Sterling Shepard slightly higher right now. 
I'm bumping the efficiencies for both because they're going to get easier coverage with new weapons in the offense. And maybe Daniel Jones is a bit better in a vacuum, you know, despite, like I'm saying, in a vacuum. So take out the O-line, take out all the better weapons, take out everything. Maybe Daniel Jones just in himself and moving into his third year and his offseason and everything, training and everything, maybe he's a little bit better. So those are some reasons that I have their efficiencies bumping up, but their target share is not big enough for me to be excited for either. And unless some crazy reports come out, like Sterling Shepard dominating in camp, which we're probably never going to see a report like that or something, I'm not going to be drafting either of these guys. Now let's talk about Evan Ingram. Hot topic. This is somebody that everyone wants to still believe in. And I actually have him in a dynasty league. I've been trying to sell him for... It's a dynasty league I co-manage with my dad, actually. And I've been trying to sell Evan Ingram for like two years or a year and a half because I just don't see it. And I've got some some good points. And hopefully you won't see it either when, I, when I'm done. Last year, Evan Ingram had a 21% target share. He did that with Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard being the only legitimate threats around him. That's not saying much. You're not going to brag and be like, oh, I had 20 plus percent of the target share. Okay, dude, like the players that were on the team with you were not that great. And he's never rewarded the Giants for targeting him. He has not been good. He probably lost them single-handedly two games with drops on crucial and crucial points of the season. And he had 109 targets last year, right? That, That makes sense. He had a high target share, right? 109 targets, that was the fourth most among tight ends. You know what that led to for fantasy? Tight end 16. Are you kidding me? People that want to believe in somebody that was tight end 16 in fantasy despite being targeted the fourth most behind Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, and I don't remember who the third one was. Behind those guys, it might have been Logan Thomas. I think it was Logan Thomas. Yeah. Behind those guys, and you're nowhere near them in fantasy. It's just, come on. Come on, guys. And there's so many so many red flags this year. Number one red flag. Kyle Rudolph was paid $12 million for two years. That's got to be for a reason. Look, Evan Ingram is definitely a better athlete, and he's probably a better overall receiver, but he definitely does not have safe hands. He is very frustrating with dropping balls, and it has not gotten better at all throughout his career. He's moving into year four now, year four or five, And then we've got Kyle Rudolph, who's always had safe, reliable hands. He's kind of like a Jason Wayne at this point in his career. And he's going to be a good blocker, too, to help that offensive line a little bit. But come on. Come on. Like, he was signed for a reason. Now we've got Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley. All three of those people were not playing for the Giants last year. Saquon only played two games, and the other two are new. None of those guys were playing last year, and now they're all back. Or all added. You think Evan Ingram is going to have a 20% target share? No way. I would bet so much. Meet me in the DMs. Meet me in the DMs. We'll make something fun. If you think that he's going to have a 20% target share. Because there's four weapons more than the, than last year. And he's been bad every time he gets targeted. Like, he doesn't do much. So, there's no reason for them to throw the ball to him a lot. He's a huge bust candidate to me. I'm projecting a 15% target share. So, with that said, we'll get into the projections. That's all the players I have projected for this team. We'll start with Daniel Jones. I got him at 595 attempts, 375 completions, 4,273 yards, and 28 passing touchdowns. 350 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. All of that 
not including turnovers. Remember, I don't project turnovers. So if you're in a league that gives you like minus three for turnovers, you're going to have to move Daniel Jones down more than I have him in my draft sheets. You can even plug in a column of turnovers and add that into the fantasy point equation if you want, because I do have it where you could download and edit yourself. Daniel Jones, 19.1 points per game under Ryan Fitzpatrick over Joe Burrow. Obviously, I'm not drafting him over Joe Burrow, especially with the turnover problem. Joe Burrow has a higher ceiling to me, but Daniel Jones, because of that rushing and Burrow losing the rushing likely because of the knee problems, I'll just leave it at that instead of getting into that again, because we've already talked about the Bengals. But that's really why Daniel Jones ended up over Burrow, because they're both going to throw a decent amount. Burrow's definitely going to throw more, but and they're both behind trash, trash offensive lines, but Daniel Jones has the rushing factor over Joe Burrow. Kenny Galladay, 13.2 points per game. I have him at 119 targets, 67 receptions, 1,100 yards, and 8 touchdowns. That puts him between Jamar Chase and Deontay Johnson. That's where I got Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, they're all pretty close, so I'm going to just read them together so you guys can kind of keep up and get a sense of how close they are for me. Kadarius Toney I have at 84 targets, Sterling Shepard at 71, and Darius Slayton at 68. Kadarius Tony have at 52 receptions for 634 yards, 5 touchdowns. Sterling Shepard, 50 receptions, 575 yards, 3 touchdowns. Darius Slayton, 40 receptions, 587 yards, 3 touchdowns. So they're all within 100 yards of each other, all within 2 touchdowns of each other, and within 12 receptions of each other. All pretty close. Kadarius Tony is the wide receiver 2 for me right now. And in regards to like who they're around, okay, Tony is between Curtis Samuel, Christian Kirk, right over Amon Ross St. Brown. So I do think he'll have a better rookie year than Amon Ra. I think most people would disagree with that. So that's why I'm including it because I think it's not so popular. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton have Amon Ra sandwiched between them. So you could tell they're all super close on the stat sheets right now. Evan Ingram, 7.9 points per game. He is my second lowest ranked tight end so far that I've projected. Now, there have been some teams like the Cardinals that I didn't even project a tight end. So that's not saying he's like going to be the second worst tight end in the league. But out of the people I've actually projected that might have a chance at fantasy relevance, he's my second lowest ranked tight end so far at 7.9 points per game. I've got him at 89 targets. That's not even that different from last year, right? 109 targets last year, all these new weapons, and I got him at 89 targets. So... That, that shows you like he's not been an efficient guy at all because that's more targets than a lot of the tight ends I've projected and he's lower than them on the totem pole in fantasy points. 56 receptions off those 89 targets, 602 yards and three receiving touchdowns. He's not been a great touchdown guy, especially not last year, despite being one of the best options to throw the ball to or he should have been one of the best options to throw the ball to. Now, let's look at Saquon Barkley. I got Saquon Barkley at 19.1 points per game. He is my RB3 so far. He's my RB3 behind Austin Eckler right over Najee Harris. So, so far, I have it as, trying to remember who my RB1 is. It's Dalvin Cook. So, so far, I have Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris. That's my top four right now. Obviously, you guys already know, I have not projected Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott or Jonathan Taylor or Alvin Kamara. Those are the big ones. Nick Chubb, but you guys already know me. He doesn't have enough receptions for him to end up as like a top five running back for me. Now, if he does it in the, the season and actually does end up that high, well, that means he played a full season and other running backs got injured. That's a different story. We don't account for injury and projections. So 
Saquon I have at 83 targets, 63 receptions, 519 receiving yards, 4 touchdowns, rushes at 273 for 1,310 rushing yards and 9 touchdowns. So overall in a 17-game season, I've got him at 1,800 yards total, 1,830, and 13 touchdowns. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Saquon Barkley is going to be a beast still. Not worried about it. The only risk for him really is injury. And you kind of have that risk with a lot of running backs. So don't overthink it too much. Saquon Barkley is going to be a stud. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We're trying to crank. I'm using the, uh, or used the July 4th weekend to kind of crank out a whole bunch of projections. So I'm trying to get ahead of the game. So I might might be able to. This is no promise, all right? I might be able to pump out four a week because I'm trying to be done by August with the projections. So then we have all of August during the preseason to make adjustments to the projections and to talk about, you know, my top 12 running backs, top 12 quarterbacks. You know, I'll do my top 12 at every position. I'll do my sleepers. I'll do my busts. I'll do my most consistent like my Consistency Kings podcast, we could talk about schedules. There's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about. I'll give you guys my predictions for who's going to lead the league in every category, all that good stuff. So that stuff is motivating me right now to crank out and finish these projections just to keep you guys updated. Have a good one. Peace.